My name is Carla Cornwall and I'm an experimental artist. And when I'm in my lab creating up a storm, I like to listen to Too High to Go Hell, the Midnight Podcast. The Mastery of Love, Chapter 4. The Truck of Love, The Truck of Fear. Your whole life is nothing but a dream. You live in a fantasy where everything you know about yourself is only true for you. Your truth is not the truth for anyone else, and that includes your own children or your own parents. Just consider what you believe about yourself and what your mother believes about you. She can say she knows you very well, but she has no idea who you really are. You know that she doesn't. You can believe that you know your mother very well, but you don't have any idea who she really is. She has all those fantasies in her mind that she never shared with anyone else. You have no idea what is inside her mind. If you look at your own life and try to remember what you did when you were 11 or 12 years old, you will hardly remember more than 5% of your own life. Of course, you remember the most important things like your own name because you repeat this all the time. But sometimes you forget the name of your own children or your friends. That's because your life is made by dreams, many little dreams that are changing all the time. Dreams have a tendency to dissolve. And this is why we forget so easily. Every human being has a personal dream of life. And that dream is completely different from anyone else's dream. We dream according to all the beliefs that we have and we modify our dream according to the way we judge, according to the way we are victimized. That is why dreams are never the same for any two people. In a relationship, we can pretend to be the same, to think the same, to feel the same, to dream the same, but there is no way that that can happen. There are two different dreamers with two different dreams. Every dreamer is going to dream in his own way. That is why we need to accept the differences that exist between two dreamers. We need to respect each other's dreams. We can have thousands of relationships at the same time, but every relationship is between two persons and not more than two. I have a relationship with each one of my friends and it is just between the two. I have a relationship with each one of my children and each relationship is completely different from the others. According to the way the two people dream, they create the direction of that dream we call relationship. Every relationship we have with mom, with dad, with brothers, with sisters, with friends is unique because we dream a small dream together. Every relationship becomes a living being made by two dreamers. Just as your body is made up by cells, your dreams are made by emotions. There are two main sources of those emotions. One is fear, and all the emotions that come from fear, the other is love, and all the emotions that come from love. We experience both emotions, but the one that predominates in everyday people is fear. We can say that the normal kind of relationship in this world is based 95% on fear and 5% on love. Of course, this will change depending upon the people. But even if fear is 60% and love is 40%, still it is based on fear. In order to understand these emotions, we can describe certain characteristics about love and fear that I call track of love, the track of fear. These two tracks are merely points of reference to see how we are living in our lives. These divisions are for the logical mind to understand and to try to have some control of the choices we make. Let's look at some of the characteristics of love and of fear. Love has no obligations. Fear is full of obligations. In the track of fear, whatever we do because we have to do it. And we expect other people to do something because they have to do it. We have the obligation, and as soon as we have to, we resist it. The more resistance we have, the more we suffer. Sooner or later, we try to escape our obligations. On the other hand, love has no resistance. Whatever we do is because we want to do it. It becomes a pleasure. It's like a game, and we have fun with it. Love has no expectations. Fear is full of expectations. With fear, we do things because we expect that we have to. 
and we expect that others are going to do the same. That is why fear hurts and love doesn't hurt. We expect something and if it doesn't happen, we feel hurt. We say it isn't fair. We blame others for not fulfilling our expectations. When we love, we don't have expectations. We do it because we want to. And if other people do it or not, it's because they want to or not, and it's nothing personal. When we don't expect something to happen, if nothing happens, it's not important. We don't feel hurt because whatever happens, it's okay. That is why hardly anything hurts us when we are in love. We aren't expecting that our lover will do something and we have no obligations. Love is based on respect. Fear doesn't respect anything, including itself. If I feel sorry for you, it means I don't respect you. You cannot make your own choices. When I have to make the choices for you, at that point, I don't respect you. If I don't respect you, then I try to control you. Most of the time when we tell our children how to live their lives, it's because we don't respect them. When I don't respect myself, I feel sorry for myself. I feel I'm not good enough to make it in this world. How do you know when you don't respect yourself? When you say, poor me, I'm not strong enough, I'm not intelligent enough, I'm not beautiful enough, I cannot make it. Self-pity comes from disrespect. Love is ruthless. It doesn't feel sorry for anyone, but it doesn't have compassion, but it does rather have compassion. Fear is full of pity. It feels sorry for everyone. You feel sorry for me when you don't respect me, when you don't think I'm strong enough to make it. On the other hand, love respects. I love you. I know you can make it. I know you are strong enough, intelligent enough, good enough that you can make your own choices. I don't have to make your choices for you. You can make it if you fall. I can give you my hand. I can help you stand up. I can say, you can't do it. Go ahead. That is compassion. But it is not the same as feeling sorry. Compassion comes from respect and from love. Feeling sorry comes from a lack of respect and from fear. Love is completely responsible. Fear avoids responsibility. But this doesn't mean that it's not responsible. Trying to avoid responsibility is one of the biggest mistakes we make because every action has a consequence. Everything we think, everything we do has a consequence. If we make a choice, we have an outcome or a reaction. If we don't make a choice, we still have an outcome or a reaction. We are going to experience the consequences of our actions in one way or another. That is why every human is completely responsible for his or her own actions, even if it doesn't want to be. Other people can try to pay for your mistakes, but you will pay for your mistakes anyway, and then you will pay double. When others try to, re to be responsible for you, it only creates a bigger drama. Love is always kind. Fear is always unkind. With fear, we are full of obligations, full of expectations, with no respect, avoiding responsibility, and feeling sorry. How can we feel good when we are suffering from so much fear? We feel victimized by everything. We feel angry or sad or jealous or betrayed. Anger is nothing but fear with a mask. Sadness is fear with a mask. Jealousy is fear with a mask. With all those emotions that comes from fear and creates suffering, we can only pretend to be kind. We are not kind because we, we don't feel good. We are not happy. If you are in the track of love, you have no obligations, no expectations. You don't feel sorry for yourself or for your partner. Everything is going well for you. And that is why that smile is always on your face. You are feeling good about yourself. And because you are happy, you are kind. Love is always kind. And that kindness makes you generous and opens all the doors. Love is generous. Fear is selfish. It is only about me. Selfishness, selfishness closes all the doors. Love is unconditional. Fear is full of conditions. In the track of fear... I love you if you let me control you, if you're good to me, if you fit into the image I make for you. 
I create an image of the way you should be and because you are not and never will be the image, I judge you because of that and find you guilty. Many times I even feel ashamed of you because you are not what I want you to be. If you don't fit the image I create, you embarrass me, you annoy me. I have no patience at all with you. I'm just pretending kindness. In the track of love, on the other hand, there is no if. There are no conditions. I love you for no reason, with no justification. I love you the way you are. And you are free to be the way you are. If I don't like the way you are, then... I'd better be with someone else who is the way I like her to be. We don't have the right to change anyone else, and no one else has the right to change us. If we are going to change, it is because we want to change, because we don't want to suffer any longer. Most people live their entire lives in the track of fear. They are in a relationship because they feel they have to be. They are in a relationship where they have all those expectations about their partner and about themselves. All that drama and suffering is because we are using the channels of communication that existed before we were born. People judge and are victimized. They gossip about each other. They gossip with their friends. They gossip in a bar. They make their family members hate each other. They accumulate emotional poison and they send it to their children. Look at your father. What he did to me. Don't be like your father. All men are like this. All women are like this. This is what we do with the people we love so much. With our own children. With our own friends and our partners. In the track of fear, we have so many conditions, expectations and obligations that we create a lot of rules just to protect ourselves against emotional pain. When the truth is that there shouldn't be any rules. These rules affect the quality of the channels of communication between us. Because when we are afraid, we lie. If you have the expectation that I have to be a certain way, then I feel the obligation to be that way. The truth is I am not what you want me to be. When I am honest and I am what I am, you are already hurt. You get mad. Then I lie to you because I am afraid of your judgment. I am afraid you're going to blame me and find me guilty and punish me. And every time you remember, you punish me again and again and again for the same mistake. In the track of love, there is justice. If you make a mistake, you pay only once for that mistake. And if you truly love yourself, you learn from that mistake. In the track of fear, there is no justice. You make yourself pay a thousand times for the same mistake. You make your partner or your friend pay a thousand times for the same mistake. This creates a sense of injustice and opens many emotional wounds. Then, of course, you set yourself up to fail. Humans have dramas for everything, even for something so simple and so little. We see these dramas in normal relationships in hell because couples are in the track of fear. In every relationship, there are two halves of that relationship. One half is you, and the other half is your son, your daughter, your father, your mother, your friends, your partner, your teacher, or whoever. Of those halves, you are only responsible for your half. You are not responsible for the other half. It doesn't matter how close you think you are or how strongly you think you love. There is no way you can be responsible for what is inside another person's head. You can never know what that person feels, what that person believes, all the assumptions that they make. You don't know anything about them. That is the truth. But what do we do? We try to be responsible for the other half and that is why relationships in hell are based on fear, on drama and the war of control. If we are in a war of control, it is because we have no respect. The truth is that we don't love. It is selfishness, not love. It is just to have the little doses that make us feel good. When we have no respect, there is a war of control because each person feels responsible for the other. I have to control you because I don't respect you. I have to be responsible for you because whatever happens to you is going to hurt me and I want to avoid pain. Then, 
if I see that you are not being responsible, I'm going to knock you all the time to try to make you be responsible. But, quote-unquote, responsible from my personal point of view, it doesn't mean that I am right. This is what happens when it comes from the fear, from the track of fear. Because there is no respect, I act as though you are not good enough or intelligent enough to see what is good or not good for you. I make the assumption that you are not strong enough to go into certain situations and take care of yourself. I have to take control and say, let me do it for you, or don't do that. I try to suppress your half of the relationship and take control of the whole thing. If I take control of our relationship, then where is your part? That just simply does not work. With the other half, we can share, we can enjoy, we can create the most wonderful dream together. But the other half always has its own dream, its own will, and we can never control that dream no matter how hard we try. Then we have a choice. We can create a conflict and a war of control, or we can become a playmate and a team player. Playmates and team players play together, but not against each other. If you are playing tennis, you have a partner, you are a team, and you never go against each other. Never. Even if you both play tennis differently, you have the same goal, to have fun together, to play together, and to be playmates. If you have a partner who wants to control your game and says, no, don't play like that, play like this. No, you are doing it wrong, you are not doing, you're not going to have fun. Eventually, you won't want to play with that partner anymore. Instead of being a team, your partner wants to control how you play. And without the concept of a team, you are always going to have conflict. If you see your partnership, your romantic relationship as a team, everything will start to improve. In a relationship, as in a game, it's not about winning or losing. You are playing because you want to have fun. In the track of love, you are giving more than you are taking. And of course, you love yourself so much that you don't allow selfish people to take advantage of you. You are not going for revenge, but you are clear in your communication. You can say, I don't like it when you try to take advantage of me, when you disrespect me, when you are unkind to me. I don't need someone to abuse me verbally, emotionally, or physically. I don't need to hear your cursing all the time. It's not that... I am better than you, it's because I love beauty, I love to laugh, I love to have fun, I love to love. It's not that I'm selfish, it's just the need, I just don't need a big victim near me. It doesn't mean that I don't love you, but I cannot take responsibility for your dream. If you are in a relationship with me, it will be so hard for your parasite because I will not react to your garbage at all. See, this is not selfishness. This is self-love. Selfishness, control, and fear will break almost any relationship. Generosity, freedom, and love will create the most beautiful relationships and ongoing romance. To master a relationship is all about you. The first step is to become aware, to know that everyone dreams his own dream. Once you know this, you can be responsible for your half of the relationship, which is you. If you know that you are only responsible for half of the relationship, you can easily control your half. It is not up to us to control the other half. If we respect, we know that our partner, our friend, or son or mother is completely responsible for his or her own half. If we respect the other half, there is always going to be peace in that relationship. There is no war. If you know what is love and what is fear, you become aware of the way you communicate your dream to others. The quality of your communication depends upon the choices you make in each moment, whether you tune your emotional body to love or to fear. If you catch yourself in the track of fear just by having that awareness, you can shift your attention into the track of love. Just by seeing where you are, just by changing your attention, everything around you will change. If you are aware that no one else can make you happy and that happiness is the result of love coming out of you, this becomes the greatest mastery of all. The mastery of love.
we can talk about love and write a thousand books about it but love will be completely different for each of us because we have to experience love love is not about concepts love is about action love in action can only produce happiness fear in action can only produce suffering the only way to master love is to practice love you don't need to justify your love you don't need to explain your love you just need to practice your love practice creates the master chapter five the perfect relationship imagine a perfect relationship you're always intensely happy with your partner because you live with a perfect woman or man for you how would you describe your life with this person well the way you relate with this person will be exactly the way you relate with a dog a dog is a dog it doesn't matter what you do it is going to be a dog you're not going to change a dog for a cat or a, or a dog for a horse it is what it is just accepting this fact in your relations with other humans is very important you cannot change other people you love them the way they are or you don't you accept them the way they are or you don't to try to change them to fit that what you want them to be is like trying to change a dog for a cat or a cat for a horse that is a fact they are what they are you are what you are you dance or you don't dance you need to be completely honest with yourself to say what you want and see if you are willing to dance or not you must understand this point because it is very important when you truly understand you are likely to see what is true about others and not just what you want to see if you own a dog or a cat think about how you relate with your pet let's consider your relationship with a dog for example the animal knows how to have a perfect relationship with you when your dog does something wrong what do you do with your dog a dog doesn't care what you do it just loves you it doesn't have any expectations isn't that wonderful but what about your girlfriend your boyfriend your husband or your wife they have so many expectations and they are changing all the time the dog is responsible for its half of the relationship with you one half of the relationship is completely normal the dog's half when you come home it barks at you it wags its tail it pants because it is so happy to see you it does its part very well and you know it is the perfect dog your part is almost perfect also you handle your responsibility you feed your dog you take care of your dog you play with your dog you love your dog unconditionally you will do almost anything for your pet you do your part perfectly and your dog does its part perfectly most people can easily imagine this kind of relationship with their dog but why not with a man or a woman do you know any woman or any man who is not perfect the dog is a dog and that is okay with you you don't need to be responsible for your dog to make it be a dog the dog doesn't try to make you be a, a good human a good master then why can't we allow a woman to be a woman or a man to be a man and love that human just the way he or she is without trying to change that person perhaps you're thinking but what if i'm not the with the right woman or the right man that is a very important question of course you have to choose the right woman or the right man and what is the right woman or the right man someone who wants to go in the same direction as you do someone who is compatible with your views and your values emotionally physically economically spiritually how do you know if your partner is right for you let's imagine that you are a man and a woman is going to choose you if there are a hundred women looking for a man and each will look at you as a possibility for how many of these women will you be the right man the answer is you don't know that is why you need to explore and take the risk but i can tell you that the right woman for you is the woman that you love just the way she is the woman you don't have the need to change at all that's the right woman for you you are lucky if you find the right woman for you and at the same time you are the right man for her 
you're going to be the right man for her if she loves you just the way you are and she doesn't want to change you. She doesn't have to be responsible for you. She can trust that you are going to be what you claim you are, what you project you are. She can be as honest as possible and project to you what she is. She will not come to you pretending to be something that you later discover she is not. The one who loves you, loves you just the way you are. Because if someone wants to change you, it means you are not what that person wants. Then why is she or he with you? You know, it's easy to love your dog because your dog doesn't have opinions about you. The dog loves you unconditionally. This is important. Then if your partner loves you just the way you are, it is just like the dog loves you. You can be yourself with your partner. You can be a man or you can be a woman just the way the dog can be a dog with you. When you meet a person just after saying hello, the person starts sending you information right away. If it's a she, then she can hardly wait to share her dream with you. She opens herself even if she doesn't know she is doing it. It is so easy for you to see every person just the way he or she is. You don't need to lie to yourself. You can see what, is, what it is you are buying and you either want it or you don't. But you cannot blame the other person for being who they are. You know the kind of man do you know the kind of man or woman you want? The one who makes your heart sing? The one who is aligned with the way you are? The one who loves you just as you are? Why set yourself up for something else? Why not get what you want? Why pretend to make someone fit what she or he is not? It doesn't matter if you don't love them. It means you make a choice and say yes or no because you love yourself also. You make a choice and you are responsible for your choices. Then if the choices are not working well, you do not blame yourself. You simply make another choice. But let's imagine that you get a dog and you love cats. You want your dog to behave like a cat and you try to change the dog because it never says meow. What are you doing with a dog? Get a freaking cat. This is the only way to begin a great relationship. First, you have to know what you want, how you want it, when you want it. You have to know exactly what the needs of your body are, what the needs of your mind are, and what fits well within your spirit. There are millions of men and women, and each one is unique. Some will make a good match for you, and some won't make. A good match at all you can love everyone but to deal with a person on an everyday basis you will need someone more closely aligned to you that person doesn't need to be exactly like you the two of you only need to be like a key in the lock a match that works you need to be honest with yourself and honest with everyone else Project what you feel you really are and don't pretend to be what you are not. It's as if you're in a market. You're going to sell yourself. You and you are also going to buy. In order to buy, you want to see the quality of what you're going to get. But in order to sell, you need to show others what you are. It isn't about being better or worse than someone else. It's about being what you truly are. If you see what you want, why not take a risk? But if you see it is not what you want, you know you're going to pay for it. Don't go around crying, my lover abuses me, when it was so clear for you to see. Don't lie to yourself. Don't invent in people what is not there. This is the message. If you know what you want, you will find it is just like your relationship with your dog, but so much better. See what is in front of you. Don't be blind or pretend to see what is not there. Don't deny what you see just to get the merchandise when, the, when that merchandise will not fit your needs. When you buy something you don't need, it ends up in the garbage. It's the same in a relationship. Of course, it can take years for us to learn this painful lesson. But this is a good beginning. If you make a good beginning 
the rest is going to be easier because you can be yourself. Perhaps you already have a certain amount of time invested in a relationship. If you choose to keep going, you can still have a new beginning by accepting and loving your partner just as he or she is. But first you will need to take a step back. You have to accept yourself and love yourself just the way you are. Only by loving and accepting yourself the way you are can you truly be and express what you are. You are what you are and that is all you will ever be. You don't need to pretend to be something else. When you pretend to be what you are not, you are always going to fail. Once you accept yourself just the way you are, the next step is to accept your partner. If you decide to be with a person, don't try to change anything about them. Just like your dog or your cat, let them be who they want to be. She has the right to be who she is and he has the right to be who he wants to be. She has the right to be free. When you inhibit your partner's, your partner's freedom, you inhibit your own because you have to be there to see what your partner is doing or not doing. And if you love yourself so much, you are never going to give up your personal freedom. Can you see the possibilities a relationship offers? Explore the possibilities. Be yourself. Find a person who matches with you. Take the risk, but be honest. If it works, keep going. If it doesn't work, then do yourself and your partner a favor. Walk away. Let them go. Don't be selfish. Give your partner the opportunity to find what he or she really wants and at the same time give yourself the same opportunity. If it's not going to work, it is better to look in a different direction. If you cannot love your partner the way that he or she is, someone else can love them just as they are. Don't waste your time and don't waste your partner's time. This is respect. If you are the provider and your partner is the addict and this is not what you want perhaps you would be happier with someone else but if you desire to be in that relationship do your best do your best because you are the one who is going to reap the reward if you can love your partner the way he or she is if you can open your heart completely to your partner you can reach heaven through your love if you already have a cat and you want a dog what can you do you can start practicing from this point forward. You have to aim for a new beginning by cutting your ties with the past and starting all over again. You don't have to have attachments to the past. All of us can change and it can be for the better. This is a new beginning for you to forgive whatever happened between you and your last partner. Let it go because it was nothing but personal importance. It was nothing but misunderstanding. It was nothing but someone being hurt and trying to get even. It's not worth whatever happened in the past to spoil the possibility that you can reach heaven in a relationship. Have the courage to go for it 100% or let it go. Let go of the past and begin every day at a higher level of love. This will keep the fire alive and make your love grow even more. Of course, you need to look at what it means to have the good moments and the bad moments. If being emotionally or physically abused is a bad moment, I don't know if a couple should be going. If a bad moment is that someone loses her job, something is wrong at work, or someone has an accident, that is, that is another kind of bad moment. If the bad moments come from fear, if they come from a lack of respect, humiliation, or hatred, I don't know how many bad moments a couple can survive. In the relationship with your dog, you can have a bad moment for whatever reason. It happens an accident, a bad day at work, or whatever. You come home and the dog is there barking at you, tail wagging, looking for your attention. You don't feel like playing with the dog, but the dog is there. The dog will not feel hurt that you don't want to play because it doesn't take it personally. Once the dog celebrates your arrival and finds out you don't want to play, the dog goes and plays by itself. The dog doesn't stay there and insist that you be happy. Sometimes you can feel more support from your dog than from a partner who wants to make you happy. If you don't feel like being happy, 
and you only want to be quiet, it's nothing personal. It has nothing to do with your partner. Perhaps you have a problem and you need to be quiet, but that silence can cause your partner to make a lot of assumptions. They will ask themselves, oh, what did I do now? Is it because of me? It has nothing to do with your partner. It's nothing personal. Left alone, the tension will go away and you will return to your happiness. That is why the key in the lock has to be a match. Because if one of you has a bad moment or an emotional crisis, your agreement is to allow each other to be what you are then the relationship is another story, it's another way of being, and the whole thing can be very beautiful. Relationship is an art. The dream that two create is more difficult to master than one. To keep the two of you happy, you have to keep your half perfect. You are responsible for your half, and your half has a certain amount of garbage. Your garbage is your garbage. The one who has to deal with that garbage is you and not your partner. If your partner tries to clean your garbage, he or she is going to end up with a broken nose. We have to learn not to put our nose where no one wants it. And it's the same with your partner's half. Your partner has a certain amount of garbage. Knowing your partner has garbage, you allow her or him to deal with their own garbage. You are going to love her and respect her with all of the garbage you are going to respect them you are not in the relationship to clean your partner's garbage he or she is going to clean their own garbage if your partner asks for your help you now have the choice to say yes or no saying no doesn't mean you don't love or accept your partner it means you are not able or you don't want to play that game for example if your partner gets angry you can say you have the right to be mad but i don't have to be mad because you are mad i didn't do anything to cause your anger you don't have to accept your partner's anger at all but you can allow them to be angry there is no need to argue just allow them to be allow them to heal without intervening and you can also agree not to interfere with your own healing process Let's say that you are a man and you are happy and for whatever reason your partner cannot be happy. She has personal problems. She is dealing with her own garbage and she is unhappy. Because you love her, you will support her. By supporting, But supporting her doesn't mean you're going to be unhappy because she is unhappy. This is not support at all. If she is unhappy and you get unhappy, both of you sink. If you are happy, your happiness can bring her happiness back. In the same way, if you are down and she is happy, her happiness is your support. For your own sake, let her be happy. Don't even try to take her happiness away. Whatever happens in your work, don't come home and throw your poison at her. Be silent and let her know it's nothing personal. You're just dealing with yourself. You can say, keep being happy, keep playing, and I will join you when I can enjoy your happiness. Right now, I need to be alone. If you understand the concept of the wounded mind, you will understand the reason why romantic relationships are so difficult. The emotional body is sick, it has wounds, it has poison. If we are not aware that we are sick or that our partner is sick, we become selfish. The wounds hurt and we have to protect our wounds, even from the one we love. But we, if we have the awareness, then we can have different agreements. When we are aware that our partner has emotional wounds and we love our partner, we certainly don't want to touch hope their wounds. We don't want to push or to heal their wounds. And we don't want um, to heal what they're going through. Take the risk and take the responsibility to make a new agreement with your partner. Not an agreement that you read in a book, but an agreement that works for you. If it doesn't work, change that agreement and create a new one. Use your imagination to explore new possibilities, to create new agreements based on respect and love. 
Communication through respect and love is the whole key to keeping the love alive and never getting bored in your relationship. It's about finding your voice and stating your needs. It's about trusting yourself and trusting your partner. What you are going to share with your partner is not the garbage, but your love, your romance, your understanding. The goal is for the two of you to be happier and happier, and that calls for more and more love. You are the perfect man or woman, and your partner is the perfect human, just as the dog is the perfect dog. If you treat your partner with love and respect, who is going to get the benefit? No one else but you. Heal your half, and you are going to be happy. If you can heal that part of you, then you are going to be ready for a relationship without fear, without need. But remember, you can only heal your half. If you are in a relationship and you work with your half and your partner works with the other half, you will see how quickly progress is made. Love is what makes you happy. And if you become the servant of love and your partner becomes the servant of love, you can just imagine all the possibilities. The day will come when you can be with your partner with no guilt and no blame, no anger and no sadness. That day will be wonderful when you can be completely open, only to share, only to serve, only to give your love. Once you decide to be a couple, you are there to serve the one you love, the one you choose. You are there to serve your love to your lover, to be each other's servant. In every kiss, in every touch, you feel you are each you you feel like you are each there to please the one you love without expecting anything back more than sex it's about being together the sex becomes wonderful also but it's completely different sex becomes a communion sex becomes a complete surrendering a dance an art a supreme expression of beauty you can make an agreement that says I like you, you are wonderful, and you make me feel so good. I'll bring the flowers, you bring the soft music, we'll dance, and we'll both go to the clouds. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's romantic. It's no longer a war of control, it's about service. But you can only do that when the love you have for yourself is very strong. In chapter 7, The Dream Master Every relationship in your life can be healed. Every relationship can be wonderful, but it's always going to begin with you. You need to be, you need to have the courage to use the truth, to talk to yourself with the truth, to be completely honest with yourself. Perhaps you don't have to be honest with the whole world, but you can be honest with yourself. Perhaps you cannot control what is going to happen around you. But you can control your own reactions. Those reactions are going to guide the dream of your life. Your personal dream. It's your reactions that make you so unhappy or make you so happy. Your reactions are the key to having a wonderful life. If you can learn to control your own reactions, then you can change your routines and you can change your life. You are responsible for the consequences of whatever you do, think, say, and feel. Perhaps it's hard for you to see what actions caused the consequences, what emotions, what thoughts, but you can see the consequences because you are suffering the consequences or enjoying the consequences. You control your personal dream by making choices. You have to see if you like the consequences of your choices or not. If it's a consequence you enjoy, then keep doing what you're doing. Perfect. But if you don't like what is happening in your life, if you aren't enjoying your dream, then try to find out what is causing the consequences you don't like. This is the way to transform your dream. Your life is the manifestation of your personal dream. If you can transform the program of your personal dream, then you can become a dream master. A dream master creates a masterpiece of life. But to master the dream is a big challenge because humans become slaves of their own dreams. The way we learn to dream is a setup. With all the beliefs we have that nothing is possible, it's hard to escape the dream of fear. In order to awake from the dream of fear, you need 
to master the dream. That is why the Toltecs created the mastery of transformation, to break free of the old dream and to create a new dream where everything is possible, including escaping from the dream of fear. In the mastery of transformation, the Toltecs divide people into dreamers and stalkers. The dreamers know that the dream is an illusion and they play in that world of illusion knowing that it's an illusion. The stalkers are like a tiger or a jaguar, stalking every action and reaction. You have to stalk your own reactions. You have to work with yourself every moment. It takes a lot of time and courage because it's easier to take things personally and react the way you always react. And that leads you to a lot of mistakes, to a lot of suffering and pain because your reactions only generate more emotional poison and increase the drama. If you can control your reactions, you will find that soon you're going to see, meaning to perceive things as they really are. The mind normally perceives things as they are, but because of all the programming, all the beliefs we have, we make interpretations of what we perceive, of what we hear, and mainly of what we see. There's a big difference between seeing the way people see in the dream of fear and seeing without judgment as it is. The difference is in the way your emotional body reacts to what you perceive. For example, if you are walking on the street and someone who doesn't know you says, you are so stupid and walks away, you can perceive and react to that in many ways. You can accept what that person said and think, yes, I must be stupid. Or you can get mad and feel humiliated. Or simply, you could just ignore it. The truth is that this person is dealing with his own emotional poison and he has said that to you because you are the first person to cross his or her path. It has nothing to do with you. There is nothing personal there. If you can see that truth the way it is, you don't react. You can say, look at that person who is suffering so much, but you don't take it personally. This is just one example, but it applies to almost everything that happens in every moment. We have a little ego that takes everything personally, that makes us overreact. We don't see what is really happening because we react right away and make it part of our dream. Your, rea your reaction comes from belief that is deep inside you. The way you react has been repeated thousands of times and it becomes a routine for you. You are conditioned to be a certain way and that is the challenge to change your normal reactions, to change your routine, to take a risk and make different choices. If the consequence is not what you want, change it again and again until you finally get the result you want. I have said that we never chose to have the parasite, which is the judge, the victim, and the belief system. If we know we didn't have a choice, and we have the awareness that it's nothing but a dream, we recover something very important that we lost, something religions call free will. Religions say that when humans were created, God gave us free will. This is true, but the dream took it away. The dream of fear took it away from us and kept it because the dream of fear controls the will of most humans. There are people who say, oh, I want to change, I really want to change. There's no reason for me to be so poor. I am intelligent, I deserve to live a good life, to earn much money, that I, much more money than I earn. They know this, but this is what their mind is telling them. What do these people do? They go and turn the television on and spend hours and hours watching it then. How strong is their will? Once we have awareness, we have a choice. And if we could have that awareness all the time, we could change our routines, change our reactions, we could change our entire lives. Once we have the awareness, we recover free will. When we recover free will, in any moment, we can choose to remember who we are. Then, if we forget, we can choose again. If we have the awareness, we can do that. But if we don't have the awareness, then we have no choice. Becoming aware is about becoming responsible for your own life. 
You are not responsible for what is happening in the world. You are responsible for yourself. You did not make the world the way it is. The world was already the way it is before you were born. You didn't come here with a great mission to save the world, to change society. But surely you came with a big mission, an important mission. The real mission you have in life is to make yourself happy. And in order to be happy, you have to look at what you believe, the way you judge yourself, the way you victimize yourself. Be completely honest about your happiness. Don't project a false sense of happiness by telling everyone, Oh, look at me. I'm a success in life. I have everything I want. I'm so happy. When you don't like yourself. Everything is there for us. But first, we need to have the courage to open our eyes, to use the truth, and to see what really is. Humans are so blind, and they are blind because they don't want to see. All that suffering occurs because we don't want to see. When it is so clear before our eyes, even when we meet someone and he tries to pretend to be the best he can, even with that false mask, he cannot avoid presenting the lack of love, the lack of respect that he has, but we don't want to see it and we don't want to hear. That is why an ancient prophet once says, there is no worse blind man than the one who doesn't want to see. There is no worse deaf man than the one who doesn't want to hear. And there is no worse mad man than the one who doesn't want to understand. We are so blind. We really are. And we pay for that. But if we open our eyes and see life as it is, we can avoid a lot of emotional pain. It doesn't mean we don't take a risk. We are alive and we need to take risks. And if we fail, so what? Who cares? It doesn't matter. We learn and we move on without judgment. We don't need to judge. We don't need to blame or feel guilt. We just need to accept our truth and intend a new beginning. If we can see ourselves the way we truly are, that is the first step towards self-acceptance, towards stopping the self-rejection. Once we are able to accept ourselves just the way we are, everything can start changing from that point forward. Everyone has a price, and life respects that price. But that price is not measured in dollars or in gold. It is measured in love. More than that, it is measured in self-love. How much you love yourself, that is your price. Wagwan family, thank you for tuning in and staying locked to the Midnight Podcast. Two Had To Go Hell is a year-long creative expression in the form of audio podcasts, music, albums, literature, poetry, visuals all talking on the subject of spiritual health. I believe that spiritual health is one of the most important conversations that we need to have as a generation moving into a new decade. And so I've dedicated all my creative outlets to this conversation. Please guys, if you'd love to support um, the work that I'm doing and to support me in continuing this conversation, please visit worldchangerlife.com and support me on Patreon or PayPal. Um, buy the clothing, man, donate money, and just share what you feel that you like, man. This is all about sharing energy, man. Either way, man, thank you for tuning in, man. I really appreciate your ears, man. Let's get back to more high programming. Hey!